You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. Hello and welcome back to Uncommon Truth Podcast. I have just Steve with That's me today. Right. Kicking it alone today, man. Yeah. Vicky is feeling under the weather. so Under the weather. I like that term. Yeah. Steve's not feeling too great himself. I'm all right. Here. I'm all right. The Lord is good and he's rare and ready to go. Fighting a good fight, yep. baby. And we are on uh, still in our season in Revelation. I have just been uh, blown away by just the the continued revelation of who Jesus is and who yeah. he says that he is and what he says to us. It's just... Uh, we like, I don't know, i just been thinking how we so quickly have this picture of Jesus in our head that doesn't always line up with who, yeah. how he describes himself. You have to totally ignore these seven letters to the churches to have the kind of view of Christianity or the view of Jesus that we have sometimes carried. <laughs> we, we, have, we need a refresher with these three, le- these seven letters pretty, pretty regularly to get back on track of whoa, yeah. the whoa track. And you were just sharing a little bit uh, last night. Say a little bit. That's been nice. You were sharing last night about uh, the church, the, the Father's house, and just where we're at for the year, the vision, and just what makes the church church. And I think part of what you said was uh, how important a right revel- revelation of what the church is and a right mm-hmm. revelation of who Jesus is, is to to that. So, and it's not quite on our topic, and we'll get to our scripture. But I wanted to just for our regular listeners, I thought it'd be really helpful if you shared for a couple of minutes about what the church is supposed to be. What the church is supposed to be, the yeah. one I shared last night, yeah. basically. Yeah. The church is the holiest expression on earth. The play, It's the holiest place on earth. It's the holiest expression on earth of Christianity. It's where Christianity is proven to the world. And for so long, people have been fighting the church. The age of the church is dead. You know, I don't need a church. Everybody's a church of one out in the wilderness, you know. I meet with God by myself. That's my church. And that's not true. It's uh, the, the, the promise of God is that Jesus is coming to save his church. And the holiest expression of that is a group of people called together for a purpose. That's what church means. And um, when he's writing, you know, when, when he called the apostles, when... When they, when they handed their mantle off to others, everyone continued to start churches. God's been starting churches now for over 2,000 years, Christian churches. And it's when people come together in agreement, one spirit, one mind, one baptism, in unity we dwell. We're, we're brothers in unity dwell. There's a commanded blessing of God, and that blessing of God is holiness. It's righteousness. It's, it's proof of God's presence. And so people come into a right a church in right standing, a church doing it right where we're we're struggling with our disagreement to be in agreement. We're struggling with our disunity and our 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 lone ranger spirits to delve into connecting ourselves to a body. It's the most holy thing in all of Christianity. It, it demonstrates to the world that we're essential. It demonstrates to the world that 
that you that you can't live without the body that the, the hand separated the ear separated is just a dead ear and a dead hand mm-hmm. but connected to a body it brings life and it's where holy life comes from is the church and it's what God intended for the church of Jesus Christ to be is a light on a hill that shows this incredible thing where the whole world is fighting the whole world is at war Christians are in unity and they're not splitting over pews and no pews on Saturday or Sunday. They're not splitting over carpet. They're not splitting over the color of the walls or who got voted in, you know, this Mm -hmm. job or that job or who gets to microphone and who doesn't. They're not splitting over that, but they're instead in unity, not lording over each other, but serving one another, loving one another as Christ has loved us, laying our lives down for one another. And that's the holiness of the church. And it is the most holy thing we have on planet earth until we go to heaven. That's the most holy thing and in church we will be a church in in heaven we will be a church we will be a gathering place Mm -hmm. and we will be in dwelling together he says where two or more of you gather in my name there will i be it's a place of promised presence Mm -hmm. holy presence the church is and that's something that i think is missing on the planet earth today it's not an evangelistic outreach. It's a holiness inreach, that men, a light on a hill that men will be drawn to. And they'll come to you. And if you're ready to receive them and you are in agreement of love, we will change the world. Yeah. We'll change our cities. We'll change our towns. We'll change everything. Yeah. And these last letters that we've been reading to those churches show us how passionate Jesus is about his church, right? It's not. He's not just like, oh, okay, it's nice. It's over there. Do your thing. He's very oh, yeah. like... He is not indifferent about his church. Yeah. No. These promises and these these warnings mm-hmm. are hair-raising. Yeah. The warnings are just butt-kicking. Like, the last thing I want on earth is, I have fallen in love with Jesus, and the idea of me causing him to vomit mm-hmm. out of his mouth for the like the Laodiceans were in, in danger of, that, that, that makes me go down on my knees and repent wholeheartedly. And the idea that he's going to preserve for me a white stone of redemption and allow me to eat from the garden of God, the tree that grows in the garden of God. I mean, and and he's going to robe me in in righteousness. And I mean, it's just so many promises in these letters of just amazing, beautiful, wonderful outcome. And then the, and then the warning of not so good outcome. Yeah. It's clear. He is both edgy and, um, serious about what his church does and represents. Yeah. And this, and just real quick before we go in, this idea of uh, church being essential, we talked quite a lot about that during uh, the first year in the pandemic of just churches being closed and being labeled or deemed unessential, non-essential. Non-essential, yeah. And how, you know, just to, if you could just recap on that, like what do you think, the reason why that was able to be was and how does a church because, become essential? Because the church wanted to shout out, we are essential, but we're essential to who? Mm-hmm. They're, they're a worldly group, deathly afraid of a disease, wanting us to close our doors so we don't spread that disease to them. That's what they're afraid of. We're going to bring our disease to them. When if, if for the centuries or even the decades prior to that disease, we had been the people bringing them their their reward, bringing them their healing, bringing them their flavor, the salt of the earth stuff like flavor and seasoning. And if we were the, 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 the taste of the world, 
like we were supposed to be, like we lay hands on the sick and they recover. We preach the good news to the lost and they're found. People find who God is because of the church. They would never have called us unessential. They would have said, well, the one thing we can't close is churches because without them we're doomed. Mm. But that isn't their attitude at all because that isn't our attitude at all. And I believe that Father's House, for the 22 years prior to this pandemic, we were out there doing it, mm-hmm. and we really did have a phenomenal, phenomenal outreach for the last two years in terms of people saying, you can trust us. They can trust us. They can count on us. And they say this, you really do amazing things for this city. And today, a designer, a house designer who I'm working with to build this house, he he said, well, I don't understand why the city just doesn't stop and say, you know, we have rules, but when this group does such amazing things for the city, why don't we bend over backwards to try to help them get this project done? That was his opinion, but all I heard was when this group does such amazing things for the city. I said, all right, he sees it. Ding, 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 he got it. Our intention of what we were trying to do. That man, if you said, is the Father's House essential to Oroville? He would say, oh, man, the Father's House is essential. Keep it open. You know, and he's just a house designer. Um, And so, you you know, you see that all around town. And we are essential because for 22 years prior to trouble, we made ourselves essential in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference between what the churches of my past are kind of four walls. Come come to us or the heck with you. Right. We're not coming to you. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when the Father's House was open and the Father called me to do this, it was get out of here and go, go out. Go out and practice unselfishness, practice selflessness yeah. to your city. And it's, yeah, you can't go very far <clears throat> without somebody knowing the difference of some of some project ministry or something that the church here has done. And it's, it's a pretty special sight to see. And some of the things that's kind of encouraged me to see, I think, through the pandemic is here, but in other places where churches have started to rise up again and fill some of the gap that the government has not been doing right yeah they backed off yeah. of for out of fear yeah. out of what they call the yeah. rules you know and yeah well uh, yeah it's it's been so encouraging the unity between the churches in oroville has been lip service from since i got here 30 yeah. years ago and tw- and these last two these last two two to three years mm-hmm. of this pandemic i'm telling you man to the 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 unity of these churches is is becoming absolutely on blast it's 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 a bright light yeah. i've got a thread in my phone of these pastors talking and everybody mm-hmm. encouraging one another and it's you know i'm I'm kind of an introvert in that sense you know mm-hmm. and uh, so i don't receive much and i don't give much but my wife and my daughters are mm-hmm. kind of crazy about that stuff and they just i mean it's i watch them and they're just they're you know they're just really 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 uh, yeah. a part of this thing and it's just it's so encouraging to see it's wonderful to see these men and women who lay their life down to pastor their churches having such incredible hearts for each other and seeing the results in their churches their churches are a light that people come to yeah. and it's just you know that, that that if i ever get credit for anything in my life it would be that i played some role maybe small but some role in helping bring about what's going on in the unity of churches here in orville lately Awesome. last two years versus the 28 years yeah. before that were pretty upside down mucky yeah 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 well let's uh let's dive into our 
Whatever. We're not dived in yet? We're not got man, there yet. I've been going, haven't You've I? You've been going. I'm like, <laughs> got FLM for Vicky's. I'm wondering if this coffee he gave me has caffeine is what I'm wondering. <laughs> Did you decaf me or not? Yeah, good deal. But man, I feel like I'm caffeinated. <laughs> so let's, uh, we're in Revelation 3, starting in verse 7. This is the uh, letter to the church in Philadelphia. And it says this, uh, And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, he who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David. Oh, that's awesome. Who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this. I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. Because you have a, li- because you have a little power, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Thank you, Jesus. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie, I will make them come and bow down at your feet and make them know that I have loved you. Oh, wow. Because you have kept the word of my perseverance. Perseverance. I also will keep you from the hour of testing, the hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Wow. Yeah. So Here's the one church that doesn't get rebuked, you know I mean? Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. This is the letter I want to receive, you know. <laughs> and, and this is letter is yeah. proof that consistent, long-term, diligent deeds yeah. of righteousness, of being right before God, mm-hmm. have great benefit. I, I, I'll ask a crowd, anybody ever hear the message, it doesn't matter what you do, mm-hmm. the grace of God will cover you? Then I wonder what he was writing these letters for. Yeah. I mean, if it's already, we all get it anyway. If everyone wins, what's this letter? This, these guys won. Now, the church of the angel of the church of Philadelphia is brotherly love, phileo, brotherly love. Mm. And so this is the church of brotherly love. Mm. And um, that's the name of their city and the name of their church, brotherly love. And he, he, the one who is holy and true and holds all these keys tells them, I open doors and nobody can shut them. And he guesses, I have put before you this open door. I mean, come on, man. I, I just want this letter right here. I want them all. I want the white stone of redemption. I want the robe and I want to eat from the tree and I want my name written in the book of life and all those things. But man, this, this one here, to be here on earth as a church on this planet and have God open a door before you. An open heavens. You have a little power, but now I've opened a door for you. It's that promise I've been chasing all of my life. You know, I don't want it for me. I don't want it for me. I look around me and see the suffering in my streets. I see the brokenness, all the Christian kids who are brokenhearted. And even them, they haven't been loved. The people, moms and dads are so busy with their, with following the world system of career and, and, and they feel so empty and these kids aren't being loved and they become adults that aren't loved and they do the same thing. And we create generational wantonness, you know, just generational emptiness. And I just see them and I want this door open. I want the power of God to pour out with encouragement and righteousness and holiness, um, honor and integrity 
and all of these things that just come with joy and, and joy unspeakable, full of glory. And I just want to see this door open in front of me. This is the most exciting letter because he who overcomes, not he who does nothing or doesn't matter what you do, but he who overcomes, he's the one that will make a pillar. God will make a pillar for you in his temple. And him going to write his name on you. And he's going to write all these different names. The new name and the old name and the, and the, and the better name. I mean, I want that better name, you know. Um, it's just so incredibly cool what is absolutely possible to him who believes and says, there's no price I wouldn't pay. If God asked me to die for him, I don't know that I could say yes, but I got to tell you, I want to say yes. I want to go forward in every aspect of my life, laying down my life for the Lord, giving and not cursing, praising and shouting glory to God and telling the world that he is worthy to be praised and worthy to give your life to. And, and this is what the brothers in Philadelphia get a letter like this, that they have done good. And the name is love. Their name is brotherly love, loving one another. And that's what I want to be known for. I think this, this, is, this is it. This is the one I, if I was going to get a tattoo, it'd be that I am the brother of love, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to, folks, but um, if I did, I'd want it to say that I am in brotherly love, yeah. you know. That's good. That's what I want. I want the sisters to know I'm their brother. I want the old women to know I'm their son. I want, I want all of the people around me to know that I live and serve Jesus for him to bless them. And that's what this means. And uh, what he promises here is so amazing. It is. I, I, I was just, when I was reading it earlier, <laughs> I was just blown away by the number of times it uses the word deeds or works depending on your translation yep. you know and kept but, the word of my perseverance right. it starts with I, you know I know your deeds and then we're going to read uh, later to see it next time and that says I know your deeds and then um, <clears throat> the Sardis which we did last week it says I know your deeds and if, if thinking pretty much everyone he comments on yep. there on what you do right and yeah like you said that the mess that message just is so um, everywhere, I guess, for lack of a better word, that the, it doesn't matter what you do. And I think that people use that not for – some people say, you know, sin all you want and you'll still go to heaven, it's fine. But a lot of time it's more just that you don't have to do the works because he already loves you. It's more right. of the message. You don't you have hear, to right? do good works. Right. You can go ahead and keep taking care of yourself. Yes. Yeah. And where do you think that message – like, obviously, you know – how, how do we get seduced into that idea that our, our works aren't that important because he's already so done it? He says those of the synagogue of Satan, I will keep them from you, right? Yeah. Every church, every Christian I've ever known is always somewhat concerned for how to overcome the enemy. Mm-hmm. These people don't have to overcome the enemy. He overcomes the enemy for them, right? Yeah. And because their deeds are brotherly love. Mm-hmm. Their deeds are to... Take care of one another, serve one another. Mm-hmm. That's their deeds. They they are about others and not about self. So whether you're saying it doesn't matter what you do sinning, mm-hmm. or you say it doesn't matter if you don't do things, um, this isn't the only place where that's really spelled out. I mean, it, no. this is like the theme from the you know the entire Gospels right. is all about it matters what you do, yeah. and that a real believer is outdoing. Mm-hmm. the things that he says, like, you know, 
I was hungry and you fed me and yeah. all of those other things like that. Mm-hmm. Branches that bear fruit and bridesmaids that have full lamps mm-hmm. of oil and all of these different things. And how do you overcome the enemy? How, you know, we face a stronghold in Oroville when we got here and it was selfishness. Mm-hmm. And how did we ask the Lord, how do we overcome it? Go fight him, go stand in front of him with a shield and a sword and quote Bible scriptures at him? No, he said you come in the opposite spirit and you live selflessly in a city, which is brotherly love. Living selflessly in a city. Let them trample you, but continue to give to them. Return uh, for evil, you return goodness. You return love for evil. You return love for the all the things they do. And those who are of the synagogue of Satan, he overcomes them. You just keep being Jesus and the light on the hill, the salt of the earth, the light of the world, the bread of life that came down from heaven. You just keep being those things. You be the shield and the helmet. You be the, the sword and the breastplate. You be the, be the truth. You, know, you, be, you be those things in your community like he's saying they are. And he overcomes your enemies. He tramples them and holds them back and then opens for you a door to where your little bit of power of love was really doing some good things. You wait until he opens a door that nobody <laughs> can shut because those enemies can't shut your door because it's his door. Yeah. And if you serve him and do for him, um, these are the promises that he's, he overcomes the evil one. He opens the door. He holds it open for you and gives you access to the things that you always you only dream of. Mm-hmm. And you go out and you do what you can do without the power and you get a little power. Mm-hmm. And because you use your little power and continue to use it instead of sticking it in a room saying, well, I got to go make, I got to go take yeah. care of my own future. You know, and you look to serve yourself. That's called selfishness. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter whether it's overt sin or it's mm-hmm. selfish sin. To go and say, I have to, you know, go here because this job pays this much and has this benefit, but God wanted me to do this other thing. Yeah. Well, you're serving self, right. and that's just as much sin as going carousing in any other kind of, you know, yeah. social sin that we're right. talking about. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. The, the thing that is most important, though, is to serve him and to have this kind of commendation from he who holds the keys, you know, to have this kind of social, successful Christian servanthood. This is this is the win the race kind of thing. This is the win the prize when he holds the door open, overcomes your enemy and takes your little power and gives you access to the throne room of God. Wow. And then you begin to see something really happen and, and you get to see you get to just hear amazing and wonderful letters read to you like the church of Philadelphia mm-hmm. got. That's really cool. From the Lamb of God, he who opens doors that no one can shut, who shuts and then no one can open. The enemy has no power in the church of people who serve others. Mm-hmm. Christianity is all about others. Five million scriptures about others yeah. and hardly any about self. Mm-hmm. And so Christianity being changed into it's about me and my family, I think you've completely rewritten the Bible. So it says uh, in verse 8, he says, he says, he's put the open door before them which no one can shut because you have a little power and have kept my word and have not denied my name. And I I just wanted to talk about that, not denying his name. Like I, I think that we, many of us have that idea of that meaning just like the gun to your head, like, yeah. deny his name or yeah, Jesus is not Lord yeah 
denounce him as Lord, but but I don't think it's just that moment of being in that situation with not know, at all. That's not what he's talking no. about. So what does no. that mean to not deny his name or to deny his name in, in this context? So the idea that I have to take care of myself, God won't take care of me, it denies his name. And it doesn't have to be using his name and saying, I don't believe Jesus will take care of me. It just means I can't trust him. What I own doesn't belong to him. It belongs to me. I, I dole him out a few dollars in the offering, but the rest is mine. And I think that selfishness or that self-determination or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to college and I'm going to get a master's in divinity and I'm going to get hired as a pastor in a big church and I'm going to show them all what a great and masterful leader I am. I think you're denying his name because you're not in the lordship of Jesus Christ. I think anything in your life that doesn't submit itself to the lordship of Jesus Christ, that he is lord and master and that he puts people in your life of authority, he puts people in your life of leadership and training, he puts the, the, the shepherd to teach the shepherd he, he you know iron sharpens iron kind of stuff and to reject any of that is to reject his name because that's when you look at how he called the disciples how he trained the disciples he empowered the disciples mm -hmm. and then he sent them out that's what he needs to do to you and judas denied his name mm -hmm. and then on the one night they all denied his name especially peter denied right. his name right and they, what's really nice to know is that peter and the others were able to repent Return, yeah. and regain their position of course judas went and hung himself and he, but I, I imagine he could have too mm -hmm. but it seems like he was stuck in a rut that was created for him and he was he was headed to hell and where he would hear Jesus preach. He had to get there before Jesus so he could be, repent and be, you know. Be forgiven. Jesus yeah. went to the gates of Hades, yeah. you know, and broke them off. And I hope that Judas was there when he got there so that he could be set free too because I want to see him in heaven. He was a major player in my salvation, and yeah. I want to make sure that, you know, he gets saved. So nonetheless, I think that's what that means. Denying Jesus' name is not saying I deny Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. It's Jesus made promises to be your provider, to take care of you. Why do you worry about what you'll wear, what you'll, where you'll sleep, and all those things? And when you have to do it yourself and you trust in you, you're denying his name. Yeah. So how can someone uh, grow in, I guess, rather than denying his name, keeping his name, honoring his name, how can somebody grow in in that process of trusting in him or like what super know. super super simple hear these words of mine jesus says and act upon them yeah. it's that simple hear what jesus says and do it yeah. he says turn the other cheek love the unlovable go the extra mile let, give to any man that asks of you lay down your life for your neighbor consider others more important than yourself i mean he he He's really calling us to quit objectifying people and making mm -hmm. them objects of our success, mm -hmm. instead making them objects of his love. Wow. And um, so just quit objectifying them and make them human beings that are, are created in God's image and need his mercy and grace. And I got to tell you, it's pretty, pretty easy to let a person get under your skin and get really irritated, get mm -hmm. done with them. I'm ready to just be done with you. And um, You'd you never know. do that. Huh? You'd never do that. Oh, I do do that, but um, I also don't do that. So, I mean, you know, I still am in the constant cycle of uh, being done with people and yeah. then having to not be done with them. I just had a guy come back to me that I swore I'd never, ever give another minute to. And, no, he's back, and we're giving him more minutes. Yeah. And it's just sorrowful repentance should always work because it always works with Jesus. Yeah. I sorrowfully repented to him, and he forgave me. How could I not forgive people who sorrowfully repent, you know? And or give them more chances or, mm -hmm. you know, listen to their promises of woe. And because I've made many of my own promises of woe, you know. Yeah. 
that uh, woe is me, you know, I can't believe I did that, you know. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that this is denying his name, and I think this is proclaiming his name. Yeah. To hear what he has to say and then do that, Yeah. you know, at all costs. costs you everything. Mm -hmm. You know, my wife one time said to me, you know, I followed you when you made all that money, and, and uh, I'm all upset that we've lost everything. But all of a sudden, I remember, the Lord said, you followed him into all that good stuff. Aren't you going to keep following him? Hmm. And, you know, she said, I'm with you. And I'll, and if we live under a tree, I'm with you. And if we live, we get to live in a house, that's great. But if we don't, I'm still with you. Hmm. And I've never been more empowered in my life because that's the way we're supposed to be with Jesus. You know, Lord, you've taken me to heights of prosperity. And you've taken me to the lows of poverty, you know. Um, and honestly, the truth is when you compare other people's poverty with what I went through, mm -hmm. it was nothing. But in my own brain, it seemed like a lot of poverty. And uh, you've taken me to the highs, you've taken me to the lows, and I've stuck with you, and I'm going to go with you. I'm with you no matter what. Yeah. Though, you may, though I make my bed in hell, you're with me. And though you slay me, yet will I love mm -hmm. you. And uh, that's proclaiming his name. When people say, I've seen you go through so much, your house burned down, you never even complained. Yeah. No, because I was with him. It's his house. He yeah. burned it down. I'm, I'm with him. Yeah. And so that's so, what proclaims his name. Jesus might be real because of the way Steve and Vicki dealt with their house burning down right in front of their eyes and the way they dealt with their granddaughter dying and their best friend Jordy dying. And, mm -hmm. and how they dealt with those things was trust in Jesus and belief, yeah. not unbelief, not cursing, not crying out, you weren't there when I needed mm -hmm. you, but instead saying, you are there. You walked with me through this, but you didn't. You didn't stop it from happening. So I'm going to accept it as your will. That's proclaiming His name. When the world sees you do that, they know you believe. Mm -hmm. You think this is true, and I believe this is true. That's really and good. I believe this gospel is true that Jesus is Lord, and I know that I'm going to. I'm going to serve Him as Lord. Yeah. So there's more to this proclaiming His name than just singing worship song yeah, or, love share, you, Lord, yeah. or sharing uh, yeah. a, an image or a meme or something on facebook and oh saying, my gosh you know, like there's, there's or a, just saying you believe or just saying you believe there's a there's some evidence yeah. to this proclaiming in his name that has to back up i go all the time and share know. jesus oh i already know him well there's not a single <laughs> thing in your life that looks like you know him <laughs> yeah. and if you know him you mu he must be really mad at you for the mess you're in because man you are upside down covered in mess you know, there's no there's no evidence of your love for him. Why don't you come with me and I'll teach you what love for him really looks like. Yeah. And pretty soon you'll say, hey, man, my life's the best it's ever been. Yeah. Can we have some more? <laughs> and they'll say, heck, yeah, man, it's abundant more. Yeah. And it ain't money. It ain't no hundredfold return of fur coats and jet airplanes. It's a hundredfold return of joy unspeakable, full of glory, peace that passes understanding, mm -hmm. the glory of God and the presence of God in your life, to touch, a tangible touch of God in your life on an everyday basis. Yeah. That's really good. I I don't think we can do this letter, though, without looking at uh, verse 10. So I'm just going to read it again. Uh, he says, because you have kept my, wait, where did I go? Because you have kept the word of my perseverance, I will also keep you from the hour of testing, the hour which is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Yes. I don't know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. Maybe I could have looked that up. Yeah. But um, the hour of testing that came upon the earth just about this time was pretty close to the, the complete desolation of Jerusalem. Right. Now, Philadelphia is not in mm -hmm. Israel, right? But um, 
Jerusalem was sieged for a year, and mm-hmm. people it was the most hideous starvation of a people. And then they drugged what was survived, what the strong survived, mm-hmm. drug them all over the world into slavery. And um, he says, I will keep you from the hour of testing. So he's writing a letter. It's possible, which this is not something I know, but it's possible the Romans went to all these cities and drugged those Jews out too. Mm. And um, he might be writing to the Church of Philadelphia, might be a bunch of converted Jews, and he might be talking about that. He also could be talking about any number of military sieges. Some emperor just made a decision that all people five five are going to be tortured. I mean, they, they, you know, Nero just lit people up, Mm -hmm. dipped them in oil, and lit them on fire just to watch them burn in the night. You know, and so it was an evil time. And who knows what Mm -hmm. hour he's talking about? It could be many things, but it's because you kept the word of my perseverance. Mm See, perseverance isn't even a word in Christianity today. To persevere in his word. And his word is not a book. It is statements he made in that book. And so we hear his words, his sayings, and we keep to them. And we persevere keeping to them. Even when it looks like we've been forsaken. Even though it looks like we're in the valley of the shadow of death. We persevere and we stick to his word and we act upon the things he taught us and he protects us. And this is the this is if you live yeah. in the city of brotherly love, if you live in, in, in the life of brotherly mm-hmm. love, if you persevere in loving one another. The only command he gave, if you follow his command, persevere in his command to love one another as I have loved you. Mm-hmm. This, this is what this letter is all about. Yeah. So when the testing comes, when the, you know, whether it was a siege back then or whether it's the storms of life that we face today, whether it's yeah. financial, family, COVID, what, you know, you name it, there's a call for us to, you know, he says in uh, verse 11, I'm coming quickly, hold fast to what you have so that no one will take your crown. It's just that, you know, you might be in a place of faith right now but that pl- he, he kind of makes it sound to me here like that well, that's not a permanent he's saying position. hold on yeah so that so that that means somebody could take your crown right and that's uh i think you know we we don't consider that no. today right we think we're, we're just again we're going back to that so that leads me the, to believe yeah. that the hour of testing is somebody bringing an hour of testing right. not just a season of hurricanes right. or natural disasters mm-hmm. or acts of god that mm-hmm. you know the utility companies blame for everything <laughs> or you or the uh, insurance. insurance companies blame for everything <laughs> acts of god you know and uh but this is someone is yeah. bringing it upon you and, and he's telling you you have action to do to hold on to your crown, to hold on to your faith. Yeah, um, I know so many people, pastors, children as well, that that come upon an unfaithful believer, mm. and that unfaithful believer who harms them. Yeah. <coughs> sometimes it's sexual abuse. Sometimes it's um, financial dishonesty. Yeah. And their evil is able to shake the faith of somebody into the point of where they don't believe anymore. Mm. And I'm thinking of some pastors that I know where their children no longer believe because something bad happened. Right. And it, one, one I'm thinking of, they themselves were victims of financial ruin mm-hmm. by dishonest financial dealings, mm-hmm. and their son was destroyed by someone who was maybe not sexual towards him but hurt his friends mm-hmm. and, and came to the conclusion that he doesn't believe, you know. And they're, they're 
not the the parents are holding on to the crown, mm-hmm. but the children didn't really yeah. get this message. Right. They're holding on to their faith. They're they're living their faith, knowing that those things happen because people are bad. Yeah. And God has set a stand. He's He's opened a door for them in their faith, and their faith is strong, and their faith is tested, and their faith will deserve last. And nobody's going to take their crown. Yeah. Because they're holding on. They come from a generation that's taught. Taught. Mm-hmm. It does matter what you do. Yeah. You know. You. And anyway. That's good. It's. It makes me think of. Other parables Jesus told, like the parable of uh, the sower or the the uh, virgins with the oil, like you know, are they does the seed go into good soil? And as you start saying good, is do you have oil for your lamp even when you have to wait for longer? It's this idea of like, what are we going to do with what He's given to us, and are we going to hold on to it? And I think we often they're like, okay, I've I've met Jesus, I give my life to Him, I go to church, I give my ten percent, I volunteer and Sunday school, like, you know, we kind of, we want to check boxes, right? And now I must be okay instead of this sort of all-in Christian model that you have, I think you demonstrate really well, which um, challenges people around you, but calls them into something deeper. And I I think some of us, some of our listeners, maybe myself included, I think we all have to stop and say, am I checking boxes or am I wanting to be this church that gets this commendation from yeah. from the Lord, you know. I want to be the person who loves Jesus the right way. Yeah. And then I will automatically receive from he who is holy, who is true, and who has the keys of David. Mm-hmm. I will I will receive from him the reward prepared for me. Yeah. That's really good. Since before the foundations of the world. Yeah. That's sort of the idea of Yeah, I want to love him more, I want to love him with with everything and not just I do. I do enough. I think there's a there's a there's a call to a higher level of Jesus being someone worthy of everything, right? Yeah, I think doing enough can sometimes look like chicken checking boxes. Yeah. I think my passion isn't to do something; it's to check. It's to touch people. Yeah. And so to get there to touch them, sometimes I got to build a platform to stand on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I got to build a sound system to yeah. to project my voice. Right. Sometimes I got to build light standards so that the light stays on, so people can see me and hear me, yeah. and it'll draw people to me to be able to hear the message. So there's a lot of work to do to get it done. Right. But if I'm just checking boxes and doing work, you know, and 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 basically don't even know what my work mm-hmm. produces or, or why I'm doing it, I think sometimes you'll miss the reward. Yeah. But I think if you just, you know, I want to serve the Lord, I want to be part of something great. Yeah. Then even if you're cleaning toilets, you're part of something great, you mm-hmm. know, because clean toilets and, 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 a, and a ready room for the crowd is really important to being able to do the things from the platform on the microphone mm-hmm. with the lights to be able to share the gospel with them. Yeah. And so then your works are really something of huge value yeah. to not just them, but you yeah. in terms of becoming someone who operates in brotherly love. That's really good. He just, I hope it is. just that revel, you know, him being real, him giving his life to me, me, him loving me and my brokenness, me falling in love with him. I think when I when I bring it back to that, then it's like, what wouldn't I give to show him that I that I loved him, and what would what would I possibly? Why would I want to trust in anything else but him? You know, when I remember those things, and I I think just for anyone listening, you know, Vicky always does the practical part, so I guess I'll just hop in. I just say. C- come back to your first love we kind of read that earlier in uh one of the other letters i can't remember which one it is now but just come back to the revelation of who he is and and what he's done for you and how he's forgiven you and been graceful and kind to you and i think as we look upon him and his goodness we 
it's so who else would we want to trust and who else would we want to count on who else would we want to give our lives to and i think i just counsel you guys to come to him and worship him honor him and remember who he really is because he doesn't break his word he doesn't let us down so um anything else you want to add before we close i don't think so i think we have really covered a lot here yeah. this is really a beautiful letter yeah thank you so much for tuning in please share this podcast with your friends and we just want to spread the good news of jesus and call people to love him with everything they have so thank you and we'll see you next time amen you've been listening to the uncommon truth thank you so much for making us a part of your podcast routine we really hope you enjoyed our conversation today and would love to get your feedback you can tell us what you think about today's show at uncommon truth podcast at gmail.com you can also get in touch to ask questions for steve and vicky or suggest a subject you'd like to hear covered Either way, we'd love to feature your comments on an upcoming episode. If you're new to the show or just haven't done so yet, please take a moment to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps push the show up the charts so more people can find us. If you know someone who would enjoy the types of conversations that happen on The Uncommon Truth, click share on the podcast app of your choice or send them to uncommonpodcast.com. Until next time, have a great week and keep running after Christianity the way Jesus meant it to be.